I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's a glory hole for your head or your hands or your feet. I'm Suzanne, and I'm here with Rachel, and this is The Big Payoff. Rach, I'm going to ask you the question in the way that we're supposed to ask it, in, in, my, in the empathetic way. Rach, Rach, how are you this week? What's going on? That didn't sound very empathetic. All right, all right I'll try it again. Hold on. Okay. Um, Rach, how are you this week, and what is going on? <laughs> Okay. I think you're going to have to skip that because you're not getting it, but I'll tell you how I am. I have been spending a lot of time with my two and a half year old grandson whom I adore, Milo. And that's great. But you know, what's really uh, exhausting is that he's in this funny toddler phase where one minute he's all about forward motion and he's focused and he's happy and he's bright and, you know, you know, going along with whatever is happening. And then two minutes later, one minute later, he's in a crumpled ball on the floor in the midst of a full blown <laughs> tantrum. And th those wild swings are just exhausting. Oh, I totally remember that. I remember that and praying that that wasn't going to occur in the grocery oh, store. Oh, I remember that when you were like that last spring. That was, yes, that was exhausting for me. <laughs> like in March and April. Yes. yes. Most of May. So Suzanne, let's talk about this. Let's talk about the wild swing of emotions today because that's where lots of us are. That's where we've been. That's where we are right now. And let's see what's going on. And then let's offer some ways to deal with that condition. So let's talk about our wild swing of emotions through the spring. Um, why I was curled up in a ball. I know you were too. And um, I mean, my ball may have been smaller than yours. <laughs> smaller person. Um, but I think the truth of it was there were so many mo moments where the conversation around anti-racism and processing my own emotions and also trying to be in the conversation for real, like in a learning mode, but also not being quiet because I wanted to be speaking out where it was appropriate felt exhausting. And well, every time I had that feeling of like, oh my God, this is overwhelming. This is exhausting. I'd click on some voice on Instagram and there are so many great ones 
of videos, a lot of women, that's who I found myself listening to, basically saying to me, white woman, you're fucking exhausted. Like, imagine, imagine how it must be to have these complex feelings, 10x, 100x every day, your whole life, grow the fuck up. Right. I mean, that's exactly the message I heard was like, grow the fuck up. And there's one one uh, Instagram feed that I'm just devoted to, even though it's ever it, it, it causes me to clench my chest every single time I listen to her. But I make myself listen to her. Her whole me- it's uh, Sonia Renee Taylor. Her yeah. whole message is grow the fuck up, grow the fuck up. So so th- and that's really what has to happen for all of us. We have to learn how to manage this stuff. I mean, the, when we were supposed to post our last podcast, we didn't because we were quite aware that we were not yet in a place where we had any kind of understanding of what that meant. And whatever we were going to say was not really something we'd processed at all. So I think we really are in a better place now, yeah. um, although so it's still painful. So what I, what I think we can talk about is how we basically parent ourselves through moments of crisis, how any of us really, white women, black women, any of us who are in a moment where your emotions feel raw and, and hot, how we can actually handle ourselves. And when we thought about it in a parenting metaphor, we found a couple of really interesting things that we can we can share. Well, I, I think the key phrase there is parent ourselves, because if yeah. you're out there looking for someone to parent you, stop. Yeah. Mommy. <laughs> Mama. So, Rach, the first metaphor we were really thinking about is more like, like what happens with a toddler, like when a toddler's emotions are really raw. Right. I mean, I had this really interesting conversation with my daughter, Lily, and her husband um, about what's been going on with Milo and the, you know, the emotional swings that he's going through. I I wasn't really at the time conscious that it was exactly what I was going through, but it was. And they told me about this book that they'd been reading called The Whole Brain Child that frames a toddler's brain as having an upstairs and a downstairs. And the upstairs brain is like the thinking, controlled, conscious, rational part of the brain. And the downstairs brain is the wild, emotive, like no process capacity at all. And the parent's job is to build a staircase from the downstairs to the upstairs so you don't get caught in that downstairs spot. And then, you know, you can help them breathe deeply and process and understand what's going on and bring them upstairs step by step so that they don't. So great. Yeah. Reminds me, that reminds me of two things. One is a good parent does that, right? A good parent takes their child up that staircase. I think a lot of less conscious parents don't really focus on that moment of needing to help their child move from there. Right. Or they shame them in that downstairs spot. And that's not a staircase at all. Right. Right. I I mean, to be honest, what it really brings up for me is the conversation that I had recently with my therapist, who's become sort of famous on this podcast because I talk about her so much, the other Suzanne, um, because I was saying that 
a lot of my frustrations when I'm talking to David in in an emotional context where I'm trying to actually process my own emotions or feel my own feelings that feel complicated to me is that David has sort of two zones of emotions. He has David, like your husband. David, my husband. Okay, I, I know that, but some of our listeners might not. Oh, yes, David, my husband. David, my husband, and Suzanne, my therapist. Um, but that if I'm feeling something really um, meaningful or emotionally heavy to me, and I want to talk to David about it, that David is sort of two zones of emotion. And I was putting them on a scale of like zero to 10, where like zero to four are those raw feelings that you were just talking about, like the downstairs emotions, right? Really raw, really intense. I mean, and, and David has a ton of them that are really good ones and really like he ranges from like pure joy, laughter, happiness to like angry, you know, frustrated, but they're very raw and very unprocessed. Or seven to 10, very intellectualized very mental, very much in the like, so what should we do about that? And for me, where I want to and need to live a lot of the time is in four to seven, the complexity of the feelings. I need to feel those feelings. And so maybe your metaphor from Lily is really appropriate here because like that's the staircase, yeah, the right? Four to seven is the staircase, but you know, there's nothing wrong with going to the top range or going to the bottom range. It's that you have to end up in the middle range in order to both be in touch with your feelings, but also understand them enough that you can manage them. And, you know, my ex-husband is completely, completely in the top range. He's yeah. completely cerebral and intellectual about it. And he tried to, you know, talk to me about what's going on. I, we were having a conversation about all the injustice and the protests and everything. And he was like analyzing it in a way that just, I, I, I kept saying to him, uh, Adam, I feel like I'm tripping. I'm tripping and you're trying to analyze and I can't, I just can't take it in that way. I can't take it in that way. Not yet. And I actually don't want to. But it's so interesting. I want to go back to something you said, which is that Interestingly enough, and this is where the staircase metaphor sort of falls apart, the goal is actually to end up in the four to seven, not in the seven to 10. Like your goal is actually not to reach the top of the staircase. Exactly. The goal is to understand the top of the staircase so it's there when you need it. But the complexity of life, like the richness of life lives in that four to seven. And so like even right now with COVID or with Black Lives Matter, the complexity and the nuance of those conversations about how we feel, what we're learning, what we do, how we're going to get through this is neither in the zero to four nor in the seven to 10. Right. And, and, and four to seven. it feels to me as if you can't easily find, locate and stay in the four to seven if you haven't been in therapy. I mean, that's my bias. But <laughs> basically, it's like that is the work of becoming an adult. Yeah. The work of becoming an adult is to not suppress your feelings 
and not like look away from them, but to own them and have them, but also to understand them and parent yourself enough so that you can live in that four to seven space. And, and this, and, you know, also, you know, we're trying to dismantle racism and be actively anti-racist in our families, in our companies, in our lives. And we can't do that work unless we're standing in the four to seven space. We yeah. can't credibly get on the phone or on Zoom with people who are struggling around this in our company or outside if we're not in the four to seven space. Because yeah. we have to be owning our emote. We have to be vulnerable, but also understand enough what's going on that we're not like a slobbery mess. I completely agree. And, and what's interesting here is this is true for right now in Black Lives Matter. And it is true when you encounter really any crisis, which can range from grief and, and loss and processing something that feels really bad. But it's also true. And I'm... I think I may be overly, you know, four to seven about this. Something super joyous. Like you can't get out of your head that way too, because at some point the real world lives at four to seven. Like you get really good news and, and you won the lottery or you've just invested in cannabis and your company gets sold, but you have to live in the reality of like what your life is actually like in the day to day. And that's the four to seven. And honestly, who that not that where we want to live? And I'm not being flippant. Like I want to live in the complexity. I want yes. to live in four to seven. Yes. I don't want to live in the raw feelings yes. and I don't want to live in my head. Right. And my struggle is to get out of my head. Right. That's my struggle is that, uh, is, is to, is to allow for, the real feelings that are underneath it so that I can climb up the staircase safely. I, I am not interested in a conversation yeah. with someone who's up at this range who hasn't actually gone downstairs at all, ever. So interesting. You say that's your struggle. I would, I would not have, I know you live in your head. I wouldn't have said that. I would say, God, that you're saying that's your struggle. Oh my God. I mean, this, this gesture, which our listeners can't see that my therapist always does, like he'll interrupt me in the middle and go, like, take it out of your head. What are you feeling? And I get so ashamed and also locked up going, I, I don't know what I'm feeling. You know, and he says like, I'm wow. feeling a lot of grief from you. And I'm going grief. I don't really. So that I so I now that you say it that way, like yes, I know that about you. But I also feel like you really do insist on going to the the complex, but yeah. maybe you do that through your head. Yeah. And I would say that you know this about me. My biggest fault is I let myself experience those zero to four feelings immediately. It's like fight flight, right? Like the minute something goes, I get an email. I assume that I should be feeling shame. I assume I should be feeling like all like raw unprocessed feelings. And you're always like, really? Have you thought about that for five seconds? Like, I think that I'm more immature that way. I do too. I think you're a toddler. <laughs> I'm going to go curl up in a ball. I mean, let's face it, Suzanne, the difference between being a toddler and being an adult 
is that as an adult, you simply don't have permission to be spending that much time in the downstairs brain. And you, you just don't. You really need the staircase to be fully functional and do a lot of work on those steps. And right now in this whole conversation around race, there are just a lot of toddlers wandering around who are adults and they're, they're, they're in, they're behaving like toddlers. Well, yeah. I mean, the, the most, the one that got to me the most was the one of the police officer going through the drive through at McDonald's that went viral a couple weeks ago. And we'll play a clip of it in a second, but the setup for it is she's going through a drive-through at McDonald's and she's wearing her police uniform. It's a video. She's filming herself. And so, you know, she's, she's a cop and she becomes very afraid that the people in the McDonald's are going to do something to tamper with her order. And so she's afraid to, to get it and, and eat it. And she immediately becomes mildly hysterical about being a police officer and and not being appreciated and starts to almost sound like like a child. I mean, it it is actually white fragility in action. It is truly an amazing thing to listen to. I've been up for a very long time, but I haven't eaten in a while, so I was kind of hungry. And I'm still waiting. And I'm still waiting. And they asked me to pull up. So I pull up forward and uh, a girl comes out with my coffee and just the coffee. And she hands it to me and I have my window down. And that's all she hands me is the coffee. So I told her, I said, don't bother with the food because right now I'm too nervous to take it. It doesn't matter how many hours I've been up. It doesn't matter what I've done for anyone right now I'm too nervous to take a meal from McDonald's because I can't see it being made I don't know what's going on with people nowadays but please just give us a break please just give us a break I don't know how much more I can take so you just listen to that, and and as you're listening to it, you can almost hear people shouting. I mean, black people shouting because I saw it on on Facebook, but also people who are uh, processing it like you and I are processing it, just going, "Grow the fuck up!" Like, yeah. "Grow the fuck up!" You're kidding, right? So. Anyway, I, I think it's about managing your feelings and, you know, you don't have really as a grown up, you don't have permission to behave that way. You just don't. So let's talk about another interesting part of processing your feelings and something that children do, which I think is so important right now also, which is a, such a classic toddler. And I love when Milo does it, which is this obsession with the question, Why? Oh, oh my God. You know, he's finally slowly emerging from the why phase. It nearly drove me out of my mind for a while. Like he is every, so the classic exchange was we're watching a movie. I'm lying on the bed and he wants to climb on top of my back. And I'm like, great, climb on my back. And he said, oh, your back hurts though. Cause remember my, and he said, he said, doesn't, he said, does your back hurt? I said, yeah, but it feels good when you're on it. And he said, does your tummy hurt? 
And I said, no, my tummy doesn't hurt. My back hurts. And he said, why your tummy not hurt? And I was like, I literally cannot answer that. (laughs) Why does my tummy not hurt? And I'm like, why, what is this obsession? But why do you think that that, why do you think the why phase is a, is a key here? Because this is what moves you from seven to 10 out of your head into the four to seven. It's like by asking why, by, by pushing yourself and your reactions Uh into like the why, right? It's like helping your children. Like if you're a parent and this is obviously this podcast is about parenting yourself, but if you don't allow yourself the, the movement from the why to the because, why am I feeling that way? I'm feeling that way because, or why is that happening? That's happening because that, that inner conversation is the complexity. What this reminds me of is when my old therapist, uh, Marty, you'll Marty. remember Marty with course. That was group therapy. Yeah. He he said to me once, I I was commenting on something that I had done that was a pattern. And I said, why do I do that all the time? And he said, well, do you want to know? And I said, yeah, I just said that. He said, well, then you're going to have to ask why differently. And I said, what do you mean? He said, the way you asked why you, you were not allowing for the answer. If you said, huh, why do I do that all the time? You might actually get an answer. And that was really eye-opening for me. Yeah. Why? <laughs> why was that eye-opening? Why, why you hurt me? Um, <laughs> why is it a miracle? That was my favorite Milo moment. Why is it a miracle? Right. There's no answer to that. Right. So to me, it seems that the point is that what you're doing on that staircase, what you're doing in order to get down or up, either down or up to some middle range where you can be effective and work and live and grow uh, is by asking why in a, in a way that you might actually get an answer. I wonder why I'm feeling that way or why does that make sense to me like that? Why am I assuming that? And I just don't see a lot of that happening right now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. So I think that the work that, that is making it so exhausting and uncomfortable for 
white people, the exhaustion that we're experiencing is precisely this kind of, if you're actually doing the work, it's the constant self-interrogation of going, you know, why am I feeling this way? Why am I doing this? Why am I assuming that? And really working to locate what the answer to your question is. And the answers and that interrogating spot is the staircase. And it is very tiring and uncomfortable to stay in that spot. But it's a whole lot better than not staying in that spot and not growing and not changing because that is what's called upon right now. Isn't it so interesting that that's where the discomfort is? That to have raw, unprocessed feelings is easy. Yeah. And to go into your head is easy. What's uncomfortable is staying in the middle ground. So Rachel, I think that we can help ourselves and in helping ourselves help help our listeners do the exercises. It's almost like the stair workout um, that will help you stay in that discomfort zone, in that middle zone. It's like the source code um, is to keep accessing the feelings so that you can stay in them and and not turn away from them. And I think we have some exercises that would be helpful. So you can stay in them, but parent yourself through them. You're not wallowing in them, right? Right. So, and, and the growth that we're doing, uh, the growth that you will do and that we are doing in this spot should have a radiating impact. It should leave you bigger across the board, not just in the race conversation, but everywhere. It really is a practice. This isn't going away. Black lives aren't going to stop mattering tomorrow when the movement is over. This is this is untangling and undoing so many long-standing mental, emotional habits. So this is a long practice. So the first one I want to talk about, actually, this term came to me from a a friend of mine and someone who's been advising me quite a bit, Xavier Ramey, who gave me this term that I found really helpful called anchoring. And so this idea is to keep anchoring yourself in the real world, whatever that there are lots of ways to do it, but to not let yourself turn away from discomfort. So Rachel, you were talking about the woman on Instagram who sort of is in your face and makes you hear things in a particular way that makes you uncomfortable, but you keep listening. For me, it's things like when the Rayshard Brooks incident happened and they kept showing the video again and again from a distance with him firing the taser at the cop. That's that's almost too, quote, easy a, a clip. The more difficult one to watch and the one I forced myself to watch was the one where he is speaking to the cop five minutes before that happened and being polite and human and like that watching that and knowing that he's about to be murdered by that cop is what is beyond painful or watching some of the Karen memes and it's a little too close to home. Like you're not that person, but you might be that person and forcing yourself to watch it. That's some of the stuff that keeps you anchored in the real world. Or to be honest, going to places, not just watching shit on Instagram, like being in the neighborhoods, going to the march, not just watching stuff on Instagram. That's anchoring. Yep. So the I would say another element of my practice, and I think this is true for anybody 
who is phobic about their really raw feelings. I need language. I need I need some kind of intellectualization that can help me get get closer down the staircase. It can't stay intellectual. It has so it's this weird combination, Suzanne, of language that is beautiful and comes from the head and yet it contains within it like a Molotov cocktail raw powerful emotions. So James Baldwin is like the king of it, right? His words are so spectacular. His sentences are so beautiful. And yet right in the middle is pure raw emotion. And actually the woman I was referencing before, Sonia Renee Taylor on Instagram, she's also that way is that she has a kind of phrasing that is super smart and contains huge, powerful emotions that is undisguised. Love that. And this last one, I will let you, I will let you, I will give you the, the gift of, of saying, it really is your insight and it's really yeah. good. And I, normally I would like to take credit for it, but. So I was thinking about this um, actually in the conversation with my ex-husband where, and this is very common right now. It, everything was about feeling blamed. Like basically the subtext of what he was saying was, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. It's not my fault. It's not my fault. And I came away from that conversation saying, well, I don't feel it's my fault either. So what's the difference? And the difference is that the definition or one definition of adulthood is taking responsibility for something that's not your fault. Okay. Your parents did something traumatic to you. That's not your fault. You know, you were abandoned and, you know, orphaned, not your fault. However, it is your responsibility to take that which happened in the past and do your job in making it right in your lifetime. Take responsibility for something that is not your fault. Because otherwise, you're just passing along the crime, just like shoveling it from one generation to the next. I mean, and isn't that really what a lot of the Black Lives Matter messaging is? Like, you don't have to have participated actively in, you know, slave owning 400 years ago to be responsible for what is happening today. Yeah. And for what you have, the, the hardest thing for me in this whole conversation is, I congratulated myself on being very woke and being very, you know, uh, you know, all the ways, all the ways, all the ways. And, and yet having to confront my complicity in going, yeah, but this has been okay. Why has it been okay? Yeah. Such there's, there's a lot to process. So I think we're going to need to parent ourselves. Okay. Will you parent me if I parent you, or is that not the deal? Mommy. <laughs> mommy. I, I think I might abandon you if you call me mommy that way. <laughs> I don't think you can abandon me ever. Didn't you? So I just wrote you when I wrote to Rachel on her birthday. Her birthday was last week, and I wrote her in your birthday card. Basically, don't die before me. Thank you. <laughs> hey, check it out. 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 Check it out.
Okay, so um, should we do some check this out? I have mine. Yeah. yeah, you go, you go. I have so many though. Um, okay, I'm gonna do. I I'm gonna do two really fast. Can I do that? Yeah. I'm looking at at Lily, our producer. Can I do two really fast, Lily? Okay, I'm gonna do two really fast. One is um, so I'm I'm watching The Shy on Showtime, and I, maybe I'm biased because I live here. But it's really great. It is the thing that's so crazy about it, especially for people like me who live here. It is a world that is happening, I don't know, four miles from here, four miles from here. So talk about, you know, what you don't know. Watch it. it it's everything. The relationships, the actors, the people. Phenomenal. Shy like Watch Chicago. It. Right. Shy. CHI. Yep. Yep. It's just great. The acting's okay, great. I'll put the it on my list. I'll put that really on my great. list. Yeah. And then um, you know, one of the things that I have been doing during this time is I really have changed my Instagram consumption, like trying to follow different people, different feeds, different um, you know, entrepreneurs. And one of the um entrepreneurs that I've been following, because I really I don't know how I got down a rabbit hole to her, but I really liked it. She's a black owned business, Skylar Mapes, and her um, olive oil company is called XO, but it's E-X-A-U olive oil. So it's E-X-A-U olive oil.com. I just ordered it last week. It looks phenomenal. I've become sort of obsessed with olive oils, but I, I don't go to those like shops in the mall that you sometimes see. They seem like the real deal. She and her husband, Giuseppe. Is that how do you pronounce it? Giuseppe. Giuseppe. I like, it just looks phenomenal. So you can follow her. Her Instagram feed is really cool. Um, XOOliveOil.com. Okay. Will do. Um, I have two things that I'd like to share. One is, did you notice, Suzanne, in the last... Um, um, Zoom meeting we had with the cohort. Did you see the earrings that Erin was wearing? Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I asked her what they were and she sent me to they this. were like long dangling. Yeah. yeah. He sent me to this um, woman in New Orleans um, who has a an Instagram. It's a little confusing because the in, she doesn't have an online shop. She sells in other stores, but she will tell you when something's on sale and go, I'll take the first bid, you know, and you, and she posts her earrings every day and they are gorgeous. Now they're very long. They're very long. So you have to, you know, yeah, you can't have like a short neck, like Jill Biden has a short neck, but that's another. Yeah, Jill did not wear them. Poor Jill. I know it's a real issue for the campaign. So it's called young hussy is her Instagram handle. It's Y U N G dot hussy h-u-s-s-y young hussy okay and they are gorgeous so i follow that it's a new orleans based thing and so she occasionally has stuff from nola and it's just great the other huge find of covid this is actually potentially a life not not a life changer okay a game changer okay cell md c-e-l m-d so it comes in this tube. I'm going to show you, Suzanne, right? You go like this and you put it on your nails. 
it's like a paintbrush, right? And you paint your nails, you just sort of jam it up into the cuticle and you paint your nails and it's a clear, oilless, oily kind of um, cuticle oil, but I do it on my whole nail. Totally transformed my nail. No, no, totally. this is what you've been looking for. Why didn't you tell me? I know, this is and what totally transformed for. Eden's nails. It's not cheap. And they are, while they have fantastic customer service, they have shitty fulfillment process. So you're huh. writing them all the time going, um, I put this order in four weeks ago. What? And they go, oh, we're so sorry. They immediately write back and say, so sorry. It never got processed. We're sending it out now. So at least they have good customer service, but it is every single person that I've given it to, meaning both my daughters say, hey, where, and me, where did I not? So I don't know, but because you started wearing polish, I don't know that I will ever wear polish again. My nails are flawless. Well, I won't wear polish if you'd fucking send it to okay. me. Okay. I'm not going to send it to you. I'll send you the site. Cell MD, C-E-L-M-D. Not cheap, but totally worth it. And each, each tube lasts, you know, well over a month. I do it at least twice a day. Okay. I have to put it on my toes too. That was pretty yes. horrifying when I took polish off my toes yeah. after COVID. But I'm excited about those trucks going around New York. That was, that was our, that was exactly what we were talking about. Yeah. That, 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 that Jewish has, I don't think it starts until, didn't he say like end of July or something? I'm well, so you there. You said that months ago, you stick your hands into yes. a glass hole. You and I said that. I feel like we should get credit for it. We came up with that idea months ago. In fact, I think you should have the same one where you can stick your head in. Right. And get your hair covered. Get your hair colored. What is the difference? I don't know. It's a glory hole for your head or your hands or your feet. Okay. Thank you for listening to The Big Payoff. And please remember to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Please send us your questions, comments, concerns, because we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at info at bigpayoffradio.com. This episode of The Big Payoff is still recorded by us at home, but we're produced by Lily Bellow, and we are mixed, edited, and scored by Ryan Derringer at Welterweight Sound. We'll see you next time.